When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. wanted to oh i felt good it's a great great week to look at the waiver wire right guys anyone but damian williams available not really okay enough (laughs) let's talk about damian williams we need to start with damian williams he's the guy that everyone's looking at on the waiver wire how much do i bid on damian williams well the answer is all you have he's going to be a starter for five weeks if he stays healthy that's a big if he's 29 years old he's not been known for being durable. So it's a big if. The Bears are not a strong running game. It's a weak offensive line. It's a weak overall offense. So this is not the perfect situation. But he's only available because he was behind David Montgomery, who is a bear. If he were on Arizona or Los Angeles or even Tampa, like one of these teams with a great offense that we can trust to score fantasy points week in, week out. Well, the problem is all those secondary running backs are rostered, right? People have them already. Like You're not going to get them on the waiver wire. The backups you're going to get are Chuba Hubbard behind a full-blown bell cow on what has been historically an anemic offense. Now the Carolina Panthers are this prolific offense, but... A couple weeks ago, when someone was stashing Chuba Hubbard, it was like, well, I guess, right? If you're stashing Damian Williams, you're like, I guess. It is the Bears, but eh, right? Uh, He is a direct backup. There are very few out there. What you would classify as a handcuff running back. There are just precious few direct handcuff running backs available. Damian Williams was one of them. That's why he should have been stashed all along. We've been recommending stashing him on our fab streaming guidance post on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash podfather. He was a priority stash. We have two priority stashes week in, week out, because there are just so few direct backups that would be workhorses if the running back ahead of them were to go down. One was Damian Williams, widely available, and yet should something happen to David Montgomery, who would be a bell cow instantly so you want that guy and now you really want him right the other guy was up kenny gainwell and they just happen to be the two top priority ads on the waiver wire this week where our two top priority stashes in the weeks prior on patreon you're welcome you're welcome but now 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 let's say you're not in a deep league where williams and gainwell were already stashed 
what do you bid? What do you bid if you're looking at your, your fab budget? What do you bid on Damian Williams? Well, even though it's the Bears, even though the upside isn't as high as it would be with a more prolific offense, it's still a potential bell cow back. They are so rare. They come available on the waiver wire once every few weeks. I mean, Chuba Hubbard came available, but for two weeks, right? You have Chuba Hubbard for two weeks, and then Christian McCaffrey's going to come back. Because if he's out three weeks, well, he might as well have gone to IR. So now the clock is ticking on McCaffrey to come back for week six. Otherwise, the team would have been better off just putting him on the IR. So now he himself is saying, no, 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 don't put me on the IR. I'm going to try to be back by week six. So, okay, Chuba Hubbard didn't produce in week four. Now he has to produce in week five to justify that big fab bid that someone laid down on him last week. But it was justified, just like laying down a big fab bid on Elijah Mitchell was justified. Of course it was justified. The upside was incredible and rare, right? Every couple weeks, a guy comes available, but not not necessarily for the full season. Elijah Mitchell, it was possible, right? It was possible. It didn't happen. He got hurt immediately because he's not a proven, durable bell cow back. So you need to expect that. You need to expect that from Damian Williams. But it's possible. Like, it's possible that Elijah Mitchell could have been Raheem Mostert for the rest of the year. It's, could have, it's very possible, right? It's possible that Damian Williams is 80% of David Montgomery until David Montgomery gets back. But there's also a significant probability that he doesn't even make it there. Like, he doesn't even make it five weeks in the job before he himself gets some knee sprain, ankle sprain, foot strain, whatever it is. what Whatever it is that befalls all these running backs. That all said, you want him, right? All that said, you want this guy because you don't know when the next Damian Williams level running back with that kind of role for the next five weeks is going to come along. It may not come along for the next month, right? We could be looking at mid-November, when the next running back that can give you what Damian Williams is going to give you for the next five weeks comes available. So that's the rationale for just going all in on Damian Williams. Why not? Why not? The schedule for the next couple weeks, just for the next couple weeks, right? Just for Las Vegas week five and then Green Bay week six, they're a run funnel defense. So you, you want him for these next two weeks. Now, the problem is it gets very tough. Tampa Bay just came off a game where they allowed negative rushing yards to the Patriots. That's who the Bears face in Week 7. Then it's San Francisco. They have a Bosa. That's not good. Then it's Pittsburgh. Not good, right? So that's really a murderer's row of run defenses. Rat-a-tat-tat, Tampa, San Fran, Pittsburgh. Ouch, ouch, ouch. So I just want him for Las Vegas Green Bay. And then we'll go from there. Like just g- give me two weeks. Like with Hubbard. We're bidding big on Hubbard, right? We wanted Hubbard. Aggressively pursuing Hubbard. Number one waiver claim on Hubbard. Yeah, sure. Two weeks, fine. You're going to get more production from a fringe waiver wire wide receiver? No. Is there any other running back on the waiver wire that's going to be a starter? No. So what are you waiting for? What are you, Use your claim. Use your fab budget on the Mitchells, the Hubbards, and now the Williams when they come available. Because again... The next running back to go down might not be Montgomery with his direct one-for-one replacement 
widely available on the waiver wire. The next guy to go down might be Aaron Jones. He was not 100% this past week. A.J. Dillon's rostered, right? You're not going to go pick up A.J. Dillon on the waiver wire. You're not going to go pick up a Tony Pollard on the way. No, they're not available. You can't even get, like, Ronald Jones on the waiver wire. Some idiot owns Ronald Jones, right? So just forget it, right? This is a great gift that we have Damian Williams, so, so go get him. He's also, you know, an impressive athlete. If we go to Damian Williams, go to his profile on playerprofiler.com, he's fast, he's explosive, he has receiving skills, he has the requisite size that we're looking for, we're looking for a guy that's at least 210 pounds, and he's comparable to Joe Mixon, right? Because Joe Mixon wasn't a workhorse in college, and and neither was Damian Williams. Damian Williams was sharing a backfield with, I want to say, I don't know, I was going to say Jonathan Williams, but that was at Arkansas... That was Alex Collins and Jonathan Williams at Arkansas. I forget. Someone in the chat can let us know who Damian Williams was sharing a field with at Oklahoma. Whatever, right? It was pre-Joe Mixon, but he he certainly was not a workhorse back in college, and neither was Joe Mixon. Just not that impressive in terms of agility and strength. This isn't him, right? You can tell. Like, guy with this profile coming out of college, he wasn't what you would call a hard worker. Oh, man, I I want to tell you with some kind of confidence when I say, hey, put your chips in the middle of the table, like go all in on a guy. This is it. Right. I felt better about Chuba Hubbard's ability a couple weeks ago than Damian Williams. I felt better about Elijah Mitchell's ability than Damian Williams. Right. Guy that comes out of college with a low agility score and no bench press is a guy that wasn't working very hard. And then he got to the league, but somehow, some just went and, and and scouts didn't like him. Went undrafted; they didn't respect him. And then something happened where he just said, "You know what? I want to be a football player." I don't know when it happened. I think it probably happened at some point in his Miami career where they didn't trust him ever. He said, "You know what? I think actually, I want to be a football player. I think I do. I th- I think I do. I think I'm going to go do that." And then he did it. And, and now he's pretty good, right? He's, he's pretty good. He's okay. He's 29 years old. He's not bad. The problem with that profile is that I showed you, yes, he was explosive. Yes, great speed score once upon a time, but he's now 29 years old. I'm more impressed with Khalil Herbert. So when we go to Khalil Herbert's profile, see, that's a profile that I'm more impressed by because he has the size and he has some explosiveness more agility, more strength than Damian Williams showed. But he's young. He's 23 years old. And that, to me, makes a big difference. So for 23, like, that's impressive. Salvon Ahmed, he's faster than Salvon Ahmed. He's more athletic than Salvon Ahmed, right? And he was incredibly efficient in college. 7.6 yards per carry. What? What's this? How did he do that? I don't know. I don't know how he did it. But... They drafted him in the sixth round. He didn't go undrafted like Damian Williams. He has the size. He's 5'9". He's 2'10". He has the 31.0 BMI. He could absolutely carry the workload in Chicago. So I wouldn't feel bad if I get outbid on Damian Williams. Maybe I've already used all my budget on Elijah Mitchell or I used up 50% on Chuba Hubbard gladly. And then I have 50% left and I get outbid by someone who really wanted Damian Williams. Fine, fine, fine. 
We're spending almost all of our fab budget on running backs every year. We've learned that lesson. You don't spend up on wide receivers on the waiver wire, nor do you spend up on tight end or quarterback. You save all your fab budget for running back. Maybe you get outbid on Damian Williams. It's okay. It's okay. Guess what? Guess what? Khalil Herbert would likely be better in an all-purpose role than Damian Williams, just that Damian Williams is, is the veteran, and they get the veteran deference. It's the same thing we're seeing in New England with Brandon Bolden. I like Brandon Bolden, right? Brandon Bolden is a quality Swiss Army player, right? But he's not going to give you a big boom week in fantasy football. He's going to give you six targets, and he might catch six receptions. And he might turn that into 50 total yards. And some weeks he might score a touchdown. And that's like 11 to 17 fantasy points. That's like a slightly less than what James White was giving you. I think Brandon Bolden is essentially going to give you 85% of James White because they're going to give 15% of those James White touches to J.J. Taylor, even though it should be flipped. Like, I don't like this. Like, if it were me, I would just be giving the job to Khalil Herbert and say, go Help us win games because, you know, at this point in his career, Damian Williams isn't helping you win games. I'd say, you know what, Khalil Herbert, go prove yourself. Go accrue some value for our franchise that we maybe could send you somewhere and trade. Go accrue some value for you. It's not like anything Damian Williams does is going to provide value for anyone, not even Damian Williams. He's too old, right? What is the point? Khalil Herbert knows the plays. He knows the assignments. Give him the ball. Same with J.J. Taylor. J.J. Taylor is much more explosive than Brandon Bolden. He's the most explosive running back on New England. Not that that's saying much, right? But but he is, right? When the other competitions like Damian Harris and Ramadre Stevenson, it's a very low bar, right? But he's super quick. He's a firecracker. Just ask the beat reporters, right? This is their words, not mine. It should be J.J. Taylor. And I told you to stash J.J. Taylor just in case it was, because if it were then he would actually have the 20-point upside per game that a Brandon Bolden would not have. Not every game, but there would be 20-point games out there for J.J. Taylor. There's really not for Brandon Bolden. There's just not. He just doesn't have the ability to break long runs. Big plays are not his specialty, but I think that is J.J. Taylor's specialty. I don't know what Bill Belichick is doing. I don't know why he's kicking field goals trying to beat Tom Brady, that doesn't make sense. And I don't know why they're playing Brandon Bolden. That doesn't make sense. And the Bears are going to put Damian Williams out there, and he's going to get 75% of the running back touches. You know it. I know it. So we're going to play fantasy football as we know the coaches will allocate the touches. Not how we would allocate the touches if we were the coaches, because we would clearly do it differently. Yes, I was fantasy wanting last week advising you to stash J.J. Taylor. Didn't say spend anything. But sometimes you just catch yourself fantasy wanting, thinking, hey, this is what they should be doing. This is where the upside really is. Not going to happen. Six targets for Brandon Bolden. God damn it. Right? But on the other end, on the other end, sometimes a team comes forward and says, listen, I hear you, Podfather. We see you. We hear you. Right? We see you. We hear you. We hear you. We see you. We're going to play Kenny, Kenny Gainwell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to play Kenny Gainwell. And guess what? He might outproduce Miles Sanders while getting half the snaps. That's what's happening. Now, luckily, luckily, he was a priority stash last week. 
everyone was dropping him after two underwhelming weeks. Then you went and stashed. You got him because you saw, wait, this is this is bad. What's happening with Miles Sanders is bad news. Miles Sanders is not getting going. They're refusing to throw him the football in passing situations. No one really understands why, except all those reports from training camp that he was dropping passes. Maybe that's made Jalen Hurts nervous to throw the ball to Miles Sanders. I don't know. What matters is he's not nervous to throw the ball to Kenny Gainwell, where Kenny Gainwell just posted a week with more targets than Miles Sanders has this season, right? So that's great. Eight targets. So that's that's what we're chasing. That's what we're chasing. In PPR leagues, you see people, you see many advocating. Oh, pick up Samaje Pirine. Oh, pick up Alex Collins, right? And it's like I'm begrudgingly telling you to go all in on Damian Williams, even though I don't love it. Right? Even though I don't love it. In a vacuum, I don't love the 29-year-old Damian Williams, and I certainly don't like the Bears' offense. But I'm telling you to do it based on the principles of fantasy football, where opportunity is king, okay? But I don't love it. In PPR leagues, you want the guys getting the targets. If you're not a primary back, chase the targets. That's why all the rest of our top priorities on the waiver wire and in fab bidding on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash podfather, the fab and streaming guidance says, go in on Kenny Gainwell if he's somehow available, which he's not in deep leagues and you've already stashed him, so don't worry about it. But should he be available... Great consolation prize if you miss on Damian Williams. And then it's Brandon Bolden. If he's going six for six on targets, then that's just what it is. It's what it is. It's not like James White is this impressive athlete either. It's not like James White has incredible upside. He doesn't. He's just the guy getting the targets in this offense. And this role is valuable in New England. We now know a lot more than we knew going in. We thought, oh, maybe they're going to feed J.J. Taylor in the passing game. No. Oh, we thought maybe they might install Damian Harris as their Corey Dillon, right? A, a contemporary Corey Dillon. No, right? They said, no, 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 we're not going to do all that. We're going to do the safe thing, and we're just going to feed the plotting veteran who does have good hands, right? That that I mean, you can't take that away from Brandon Bolton. He has good hands. So he has that. We have a guy with hands. Right, They have a guy with hands on the roster who's been around a while and he's getting rewarded with targets. So you got to go get him. Right, You got to go get him. You got to try to get this guy on your roster. He's, he's going to be a guy you can play in your RB2 slot in PPR leagues, especially with these bye weeks coming up. I hate it. I hate it. To, that The idea that the number three player to prioritize on the waiver wire would be Brandon fucking Bolden is so annoying. It's so offensive on so many levels. It just, oh, it's gross. But we're doing it. Jerry McNichols is much less gross. Okay, McNichols is also a priority add on the waiver wire this week because he actually has some juice. Unlike Bolden and unlike Williams, he actually has some explosiveness. He's not that old, and he's super slick in the passing game. And on that previous show the top 10 takeaways, I did apologize for missing Jeremy McNichols heading into week four, knowing that the targets are going to have to go to somebody. And it's not just going to be Reynolds and Westbrook Akine. It's also going to be McNichols. I missed that. 
But I don't think that that was a one-time thing. Oh, Jones and Brown are out, so McNichols is going to get the targets. This is a this is a moment in time. No. I think that they want him in a satellite back role, and I think that there's going to be more five-target games for Jeremy McNichols. I just think that it's more predictable that Brandon Bolden will get you five targets than Jeremy McNichols. That's all. But they're equivalent. They're pretty much the same guy. They're satellite backs on teams with established workhorse backs that aren't used in the passing game. It's a very similar situation, except should Derrick Henry experience an injury, McNichols would be the primary guy. Bolden, on the other hand, nah. Right? They'd bring in Stevenson. You know what would happen. You know. It would it would just be more absolute pukey choices for us trying to figure out this Patriots backfield. Whereas to be very clear that it's, oh, McNichols time, right? So if I'm playing someone in the next come week, God, I can't even, this is just, if I'm going to play someone, it's going to be Bolden. If I'm going to stash someone, it's going to be McNichols. But even beyond those guys, if I'm stashing someone, if I'm not playing them this week, if I don't need the production, I'm stashing Khalil Herbert. Because again, I want to see Damian Williams go out there and absorb 20 carries, 25 touches. Let's see what happens. Let's watch him do it, right? Prove that he can do it, right? And then if he can't, in steps Khalil Herbert. So my number one stash this week, in addition to Kenny Gainwell. So I guess Kenny Gainwell, he keeps scoring touchdowns. He gets the big target. I mean, he did everything, right? You get the targets and the touchdowns. Okay, 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 right? He's making it very obvious. If you miss on him and you don't need a starter, you don't need a plug-and-play running back, that's really the only reason to pick up Bolden. You need a plug-and-play running back. You don't need a plug-and-play running back. I'm going Khalil Herbert. I like Khalil Herbert. I'm impressed with Khalil Herbert. I have him in Dynasty. Great fourth-round rookie pick. Those are your big five. Those are the big five pickups at running back. Not Samaj P. Ryan. Not Alex Collins. Right? I understand. Yes. Yes. Okay. Joe Mixon might miss week five. It's possible. Right? It's possible. And they do they do draw Green Bay. Yes. Okay, Green Bay will will likely let Samaj P. Ryan run for 70 yards and maybe a touchdown. You might get those 13 fantasy points. Maybe, maybe, maybe he catches a couple passes. Maybe 15 fantasy points from Samaj P. Ryan. Ooh, right? Which might be might be two more than what Bolden gives you. Right? Big deal for a week. And then what? You're gonna keep him stashed? You're gonna keep rostering this guy? He's a zero. He's a bloated plotter. As is Alex Collins. Just get out of here. Like, oh, you got to stash Alex Collins. I see. This is the priority. The other waiver wire priorities I see out there are, oh, Damian Williams, and then Samaj P. Ryan, and then Alex Collins. And it's just like, no wonder, no wonder fantasy gamers don't trust big sports media. No wonder that's what you're trotting out there as your priorities instead of looking a little bit deeper and actually thinking about scenarios that could unfold. And maybe that's why you want McNichols and you want Herbert over a guy like Collins and over a guy like Pirine. Fuck it. In Cincinnati, I'd rather have Chris Evans. Like, give me Chris Evans, man. Chris Evans actually has an all-purpose skill set. Chris Evans is the Khalil Herbert of the Bengals. Like, they were drafted in the same draft, same round, Similar skill sets. 
it, it, these are both similar guys. Older prospects, I mean, they are the same guy. And they're both more impressive than the guy technically ahead of them in the depth chart, whether it be Damian Williams, whether it be Samaj P. Ryan. Samaj P. Ryan was the other guy at Oklahoma sharing a field with Joe Mixon, which is ironic because they're on the same team now. I still can't think of the, because I don't want to look at the chat. I'm not looking at the chat. Waiver wire, we don't look at the chat. Fuck the chat. I'm focused. Last thing I want to do is distract myself with the chat. But I'm after this, after this, I'm going to look up. I could look it up now. I, I, I could look at the chat. Oh, I don't want to look at the chat. Oh, God. Oh. I'll look at the chat. I don't see it. I don't see it. Where is it, chat? I don't, you guys didn't even, you guys didn't even put it in the chat. Who Damian Williams shared a field with at Oklahoma. I think his teammate had more touches. I think so. We're going to go ahead and, and look it up because the chat is fucking useless. We're just going just gonna to listen to me type. Why do you exist, chat? Like you, This is your fucking moment to step up and help me for once. I can't think of a player. For once, I can't think of a player off the top of my head from 10 years ago at Oklahoma. And you can't step up and help me. What should, such an embarrassment. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Why are you tuning in? Oh, you don't listen to the chat. You don't answer our questions. This is why. This is a two-way street. Brennan Clay. Brennan Clay. How the hell was I supposed to think of Brennan Clay? In what world was I going to think of Brennan fucking Clay? Okay, that's not a name that I had committed to memory in any way, shape, or form. Let's check the, let's check the chat. Did anyone, uh, did anyone say? Yep, someone said it. But they didn't give me the first name. No, no, no. They, they were, they were too, 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 too lazy to do that, right? I'm supposed to be a Mr. Attention to Detail and, and, and be super comprehensive with my analysis. And y'all can't even give me a first name to look it up myself. Fuck was I talking about? Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is stash worthy. He's probably more stash worthy than almost anyone we talked about other than Kenny Gainwell. I, I, I love Kenny Gainwell, man. Kenny Gainwell's just really good. Marlon Mack's better than Kenny Gainwell, though. I mean, in a vacuum, let's just put it this way. You are trying to win a football game. You're constructing a team. It's the Super Bowl. Yeah, if you don't win the Super Bowl with Team X, you die. And your whole family dies. Like, you're, you're in a cage suspended over a pit of lava, and they will cut the chain, and you will all die if you don't win this game. Who are you going to put back there? Who are you going to put back there? Are you going to put Marlon Mack back there? Or are you going to put Kenny Gainwell? It's for your life and your family's life. Who are you going to play? You're going to play Marlon Mack. You're going to play Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack's pretty good. Marlon Mack's pretty good. Kenny Gainwell is still just 200 pounds, right? We're not quite sure what he is. Marlon Mack's actually done it over a course of multiple seasons. He was efficient. He was active in all phases. In Indianapolis before Jonathan Taylor arrived, I would stash him. I would keep him stashed. I would resist. I would resist. Resist the temptation to drop a Marlon Mack for a Chris Evans. Especially resist it for a Samaj P. Ryan or an Alex Collins. Get the hell out of here. I probably would still stash Khalil Herbert knowing there's all this uncertainty now in Chicago. But Marlon Mack's going to get traded. He's going to get traded. He's going to go to a team that needs a running back. It's, it's really that simple. It could be Baltimore. Watch it happen. Just, just watch it happen. Also, you want to keep stashed Larry Roundtree. He's getting the touches behind Austin Eckler, the most underrated running back in the NFL. 
not underrated by fantasy gamers, underrated by football fans, right? It, clearly, Austin Eckler is the most underrated. Chase Edmonds is the most underrated running back by fantasy gamers, and no one even knows who he is that's not a, a Cardinals fan. Keep Wayne Gallman stash. Wayne Gallman was active and got carries. Hey, we, does that deserve an alert? Should we do an alert for that? I think we should. Carry alert! Carry alert! Wayne Gallman got a carry or two. He got a couple carries. It's only a matter of time. It's just ticking. Do you have a do you have a watch? Tick, 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 tick. Mike Davis, his time is almost up. Tick, 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 tick. It's gonna be Wayne Gallman. I love Cordero Patterson. Again, if I were constructing a team, Team X, to go win the Super Bowl, one of my running backs would be Cordero Patterson. Right? If you had to go pick, oh, give me non-starting running backs. Okay, uh, Cordero Patterson, uh, Marlon Mack. It would be easy, right? I'd put together a hell of a backfield. But he's 30, and he's been used as a gadget player his entire career, and I'm not going to chase those touchdowns, especially in trade. Someone tries to trade me Cordero Patterson, I'm rejecting it. Auto-reject. Just enjoy the production. If you played him in DFS, great. You started him last week, great. Enjoy it. Maybe start him this week. Whatever. YOLO, right? You only live once. But... I'm not relying on him to be the primary back at any point in Atlanta. At least Wayne Gallman has done it. He did it at Clemson. He's done it for periods of time in New York. And that would be a player to stash and hold. Stash and hold Wayne Gallman. Stash and hold Marlon Mack. Stash and hold Chris Evans. I want to see what Chris Evans can do. We'll all find out together. What Chris Evans and Khalil Herbert can do on Sunday, what kind of roles they can carve out, I'm excited. You're allowed to be excited. Just like we just like we all, you know, locked arms together this past Sunday and got to see what JJ Taylor was gonna do, what kind of role he would they would give him a bunch of nothing, like a nothing burger role, right? Shameful underutilization of J of JJ Taylor. And now we're gonna go see that. We're gonna go see it this week shameful underutilization of Chris Evans and a shameful underutilization of Khalil Herbert. Watch it happen, but stash them anyway. Stash and watch. Isn't that it? Is that a thing? Is that a category? Stash and watch? We're going to stash and watch and be humiliated. Let's do that together. Let's all do We're going to stash, watch, and get humiliated together as NFL coaches play the wrong players that don't maximize their chances of winning football games. Really, I'm really disgusted. I was dis- I was so heartened by what I saw from Mac Jones and Jacoby Myers and just the overall effort from the New England Patriots. It was it really I was swelling with pride and I'm not even a big sports fan like the the fantasy industry has just beaten it out of me. The fandom, right? It's been beaten out of me. Right? I'm like one of those chickens. It's just beaten flat. Right? Chicken breast. Right? Not the chicken. The chickens are, they're still alive. They're still alive, everybody. No, no, no. No, those chickens are alive. No, it's just it's the, the breaded chicken. Right? You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, not a big sports fan anymore, but I kind of was on Sunday night. I was just really proud of everything that the Patriots as players were doing on the football field, especially... The rookie Mac Jones had a mom spaghetti moment and he, he stepped up only to get the whole thing just taken away from them by the coaches and the referees. It was it was so sick. It was disgusting. Give your team a chance to win.
Stop kicking field goals. The team should revolt when this happens. The team should just send the kickers back. Like, they should... I mean, I don't advocate hurting people ever. You know, I'm a pacifist, man. But, like, if you want to clothesline the kicker just to get him off the field and just say, enough already, we're fucking going for it. We're football players. We're not going to give the ball back to Tom Brady. Are you insane? No, we're going to go for it. We're... It's two yards. Whether it's the first quarter or the fourth quarter, it doesn't matter. You go for it. In your own side of the field. Two yards to go. And you're going to play your best players, your best, your best playmakers. Remember, Patriots are the ones that benched Malcolm Butler because he mouthed off to Matt Patricia. Remember that? Fucking shit. I'm having a lot of fun at this waiver wire show. I'm really I'm just, This is a blast. We haven't even talked about wide receivers yet. What's, what's happening today? So upset. Clearly, that game got to me. The game got to me. Like I'm a fan. Can you believe it? Like pinch me. Like I, 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 do I not? Do I not feel pain? Do I not bleed if you cut me? I am a fan. I'm a sports fan. I'm real. This is real. I'm real. I'm pissed. Irrationally so. Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson is my primary ad at wide receiver. He's widely available and he's really good. And it's crazy. That a 24-year-old rookie would end up being good. But he did have to transfer because he was sharing a field with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. So that's that's the reason, right? That that makes sense. And Elijah Moore. He's like, God, I can't, I can't win, right? I can't win. So that makes some sense to me. That Van Jefferson would just languish behind those guys. And then he would end up at Florida with no quarterback. Like that, that that's the rationale behind Van Jefferson actually being good and securing all his targets for 90 yards, being the receiving leader last week. They have Deshaun Jackson, but if they have Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson just has no place in that offense. It's the Van Jefferson show. He's their stretch Z. Keep him in that role and, and let him go. Actually, they're playing him at X a lot too. That's the crazy thing. They're, they're operating him as a stretch X because it's it's they're better off having Cup and Woods work off each other on the right-hand side at Y and Z, and then just posting up Van Jefferson at X. That's It's not normal to put a player like Van Jefferson out at X, but he has enough size, he has enough speed, and he's doing it. Like, he's getting it done. Why not? It's Matthew Stafford's X receiver. Think about it. Just think about it. Kyler Murray's X receiver is A.J. Green. right? I know it's supposed to be DeAndre Hopkins. He's in and out of the lineup. He's not healthy. A.J. Green's that guy. He's getting the targets in the NFC's most prolific offense. It's going to be Cardinals, Bills, and the Super Bowl. I don't hate it. I don't hate A.J. Green. I'm going to get him. If I need wide receiver help, Van Jefferson's a priority because, again, he's a starting receiver. They play mostly 11 personnel in Los Angeles. Van Jefferson is on the field in most passing situations, and Matthew Stafford's his quarterback. Don't think about it past that, right? He's also fast. He's also a great route runner. He also has 17 excuses for why he wasn't more productive in college. That's the reason why number one priority on waivers this week, Van Jefferson, then A.J. Green, then Marquez Calloway. See, it's now or never Marquez Calloway. Unfortunately, Jameis Winston was not the gunslinger that was promised, but Calloway's still the alpha until Michael Thomas returns. And they get Washington. Washington has one of the weakest secondaries in the league. This is the week. 
This is the week. If you just want to pick up Callaway for one week and drop him, fine. Do that. Right? Thomas is going to be back. And Sean Payton has no interest in letting Jameis Winston be Jameis Winston. So, fine. But at least Callaway has an alpha profile and he's teed up in week five to have a productive 15-plus fantasy points. So that's the direction I would go if I don't get Van Jefferson or A.J. Green. There's also Josh Reynolds. I mean, one-week streamer, Josh Reynolds. Why not? They get Jacksonville, and Julio Jones is very iffy. I mean, he is the iffiest of the iffy. I've never said the word iffy on this show before. I don't say iffy. Iffy is just not a podcast term that I like to use. Julio Jones is far from a sure thing. He's highly questionable. I hate all those terms. He's iffy, right? He's iffy. So Josh Reynolds, nine targets. It was the most underreported nine-target game in the history of fantasy football. And this guy is going to face Jacksonville next week. That's an easy one, right? That's just easy value add on the waiver wire. Kadarius Toney, he's pretty sexy, right? He got the targets. He actually went boom. Part of this whole Daniel Jones 400-yard game was Kadarius Toney. You realize that both stretching the field to create more room for the other receivers and securing targets down the field, I was surprised, right? I was surprised. Kadarius Tony's officially outproducing a bunch of other rookies. He had a better game than any game we've seen from Terrace Marshall. Think about that. He had a better game than any game we've seen from Elijah Moore. Think about that. That's all true. That's all impossible to deny what I just said. Undisputable. Pick him up. I already picked him up. I picked him up at the Scott Fish Bowl last week. Because I'm like, listen, this guy's going to be a starter, and he could go boom, and then everyone's trying to go get him on the waiver wire. I already have him. Right? He's a first-round pick with incredible explosiveness. Stranger things have happened than a wide receiver with an abomination of a prospect profile actually breaking out in the NFL with pure speed. I mean, his name's Tyreek Hill, right? spoiler alert, but he doesn't have to be Tyreek Hill. He just has to give you some big boom performances Sterling Shepard is likely out another week. I think Tony's just a better player than Darius Slayton. So there it is. There's the rationale. That's all the reason you need. Beyond him, if we're stashing players, not to play, but stashing, the best stash right now is Rashad Bateman. It was last week. It's this week. Bateman, Bateman, Bateman. He is the true number one. He is the prince that was promised. James Prochet soaked up six targets last week. Think about that. So the targets are there waiting for him. And he'll likely be back this week. I want to see what he does before I play him. But I'm stashing him. I'm also keeping Brian Edwards stashed because I know the, the schedule is brutal through their week eight bye, but it gets a lot friendlier. They start to play the Kansas Cities and the softer secondaries, the more pronounced shootouts after their bye. So just try to hold them through the bye if you can. Terrace Marshall is going to be dropped, so you can go ahead and scoop him up. He does have great upside. He's like the ultimate handcuff wide receiver. Anything happens to Anderson or Moore, it's going to be game on for Terrace Marshall. So for that reason, I like Marshall more than Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is a stash as well, but it's like, ooh, congratulations, you're starting wide receiver for the Jets. That's just not as exciting. So, eh. And then it gets even less exciting after that. Nick Westbrook-Akine. He was in line to be the alpha, the target leader, and he couldn't even get that done last week. It was Josh Reynolds, so boo, Nick Westbrook-Akine, boo, Zach Pascal. They get the Ravens this week. Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick Bourne looked pretty good. He looked better than Nelson Aguilar. He's getting those Nelson Aguilar targets, but it's just it's not enough there. 
right? If you're not Jacoby Myers in that passing game, I don't think that Mac Jones can sustain more than one fantasy-relevant wide receiver. Hunter Renfro is out there. People are asking about Hunter Renfro. Fuck Hunter Renfro. Just, I have to rank him in Dynasty? Ugh. God, I just, it pains me. Josh Larkey's like, we gotta, 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 we got to rank Renfro. And I said, I know, Josh. I know. I know. I know. I hate my life. I hate my life. I'm going to write in Hunter Renfro and make sure he's in the rankings. Eh. I don't even know who's in the rankings. It's like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is ranked number 150. I like Braxton Berrios more. Braxton Berrios actually has some athleticism to burn, some intriguing agility. Hunter Renfro is a complete zero. He's just a guy out there getting by with guile and wit and charm and whatever. Just get out of my life. And then last year, the encouraging thing was he sucked. He stunk. And I was like, this is it. We never have to worry about this guy ever again. I can delete him from the dynasty rankings and we we can just erase him from our collective memories. We'll never have to think about him again. And what happens? The guy comes in, he's... He's scoring more touchdowns than anyone else in this passing game. Every time I look up, he's producing. What's happening right now? Oh, Las Vegas would be better off if those targets just went to Brian Edwards. Okay? Can someone get that message to John Gruden, please? Josh Gordon's out there if you want to stash him. He's a chief, so why not? And then Cedric Wilson, he scored again. So... Streaming Cedric Wilson in very deep leagues. I've, I've been doing it. Been getting these touchdowns on two targets. I, I'll take it, right? I'll take it. But it's not recommended, right? Don't start him. I mean, I'm in these very deep leagues. We're, we're starting six receivers. These leagues are not for kids. If any, if any of you out there want to get super serious about fantasy football and join a real league, dynasty league with 25 to 35 rostered players where you start, five to seven wide receivers, you want to get really serious, then okay. Cedric Wilson will come onto your radar. Congratulations. Oh, beyond Terrace Marshall and Elijah Moore, who you can scoop after they've been dropped, watch out for Rondale Moore. He's going to get dropped. He's going to get dropped. Scoop him. I would scoop more before I scoop Marshall and before I scoop Moore, the other Moore, Elijah Moore. I like Rondale Moore more than I like Elijah Moore as a post-drop scoop which is, has nothing to do with walking in dogs, right? Nothing to do with dog walking. Top three tight ends, same as last week. We talked about it. Conklin, Knox, Schultz. Schultz, Knox, Conklin. I know you're making me choose. I'm not chasing last week's touchdowns with Dawson Knox. If I had to rank these guys, I know that Conklin has technically been the least productive of those three, the signature streamers for this show. And we wanted Knox last week. I get it, right? It was all about Knox last week. But, I still, like, if I'm streaming a tight end, but also auditioning him to be my every week tight end, it still has to be Tyler Conklin. That is a pass well offense. (laughs) I didn't didn't know how to say it because they're not really pass first because it's Dalvin Cook territory, right? Mike Zimmer's not a pass first coach. They happen to find themselves in a lot of shootouts and throwing the ball a lot. And Tyler Conklin is the most versatile and runs the most routes of all those guys, right? So I still prefer Conklin as a player. I still prefer Conklin because he is 
the primary tight end in an offense that will be using the tight end significantly moving forward. I don't know what Josh Allen's plans are for Dawson Knox when they're not facing the Texans. So I'm not chasing two touchdowns against the Texans. If I had to rank them, I would rank them Conklin, Schultz, Knox. But I'm, I'm, I'm anything but confident in that. But those are our guys. Those are our guys every week. You want to go deeper? I have a deeper guy. In my deep leagues, I'm streaming Ricky Seals-Jones because he's a receiver playing tight end, and Logan Thomas will likely be out. It's that simple. This is not a complicated thing. This is the obvious next man up play, but I'm making it, right? So in very deep leagues, I have a choice to stream either Max Williams or Ricky Seals-Jones because Conklin, Knox, and Schultz aren't available in those leagues. I am going to be streaming Ricky Seals-Jones this week, just so you know, just just so you know, because I think that New Orleans does a great job against outside receivers, less so in the interior of the defense. There are some interesting streaming quarterbacks too. Trey Lance is available across the board in single quarterback leagues. You got to go get him because he has the requisite Konami upside in the supporting cast. Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. Ayukin. So he has everything you're looking for. Supporting cast and rushing ability plus arm talent. You put all three of those things together. Doom, 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 that this could be your starting quarterback for the rest of the year. Your goal when streaming is to find your permanent starter. Right? You stream until you find your permanent starter. The end goal is to find your match. Your match made in quarterback heaven that you don't need to worry about streaming anymore. The goal of streaming is not to worry about streaming next week. And that's why you're streaming Trey Lance this week. So hopefully next week, you don't have to worry about it. Daniel Jones isn't quite that guy. He gave you the 400 yards. Great. It was against New Orleans, so many weren't starting him this week. Oh, well. He gets Dallas. Dallas could create a shootout game environment for him. I like him this week. Not as much as Trey Lance because I don't think he has the full season endurance to start at quarterback that you want like Trey Lance has. But I like Daniel Jones this week a lot. Sam Darnold because I just give up, right? I'm just this guy right? We thought that it was going to be Zach Wilson starring in the Truman Show at quarterback. No, no. It's Sam Darnold. They're just like, running in for a touchdown again, Sam. Anytime a guy rushes for negative yards and two touchdowns, you just throw your hands up in the air. It's like, okay, this is one of those weeks. Trevor Lawrence, right? He gets the Titans at home. If there was a week, this is the week. This is the week. And if you can find a way to go get LaVisca Chenault, do it. Trade for LaVisca Chenault, Stream Trevor Lawrence. This is the week. And if you can't stream any of those guys, I would stream Taylor Hineke. Taylor Hineke, he's everything we wanted from Fitzmagic. And, and this is why I'm, I'm wearing this shirt today. Hey, guys. It's, uh, it's uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick here. And I have a Sharpie. We don't need him anymore. We don't need Fitzmagic anymore. Fuck your Fitzmagic. You can take your Fitzmagic and shove it. Because we have a man making magic real. And that doesn't make any sense. I understand that. But I just love Taylor Hineke.
we have a man making magic real. And that doesn't make any sense. 